Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. This episode is brought to you by Element Electrolytes. We know that salt, potassium, and magnesium are essential minerals, especially for those on carnivore, keto, and low-carb diets to relieve hunger, dizziness, cramps, headaches, and keep so many of your bodily processes running optimally, including sleep, brain and mental health, hormonal health, your heart, immunity, and more. Element Electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. My wife and I have been using Element for years every single day. They're great for fueling hard workouts, getting adapted, beating keto flu, fasting, traveling with them, and kickstarting your day with energy. They're used by Navy SEALs, Olympic weightlifters, jujitsu athletes, and everyday people who want to make themselves better, like you and me. They're also founded by superhero Rob Wolf. <laughs> Element is offering free, that's right, free people, Element sample packs to Carnivore Cast listeners. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Go to drinklmnt.com slash carnivorecasts claim this awesome deal. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, one word, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Kelsey Buchalter is a fourth-year carnivore and former sufferer of mental health and anorexia before starting carnivore, which she claims has saved her life. She's passionate about nutrition and helping others and is a graduate from Tim Noakes' Nutrition Network Advisor Training. Welcome to the show, Kelsey. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And thank you for coming on. Um, so I love to start by just hearing your story. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I will try to be as concise as possible. <laughs> um, so essentially, um, after I matriculated, which basically means finishing high school here in Cape Town, South Africa, um, I went on to studying um, a BSc in property studies at the University of Cape Town. And in hindsight, I probably should have taken a gap year. I was kind of planning on it because, I mean, throughout school, I was always um, singing and writing music and performing. And I really thought that, you know, uh, music was a huge part of my life. So in the back of my head was always the thought of, I'm going to take a gap year and just pursue my music. But I definitely found myself succumbing to the stigma that I needed to get a degree of some sort. Um, so essentially I didn't take my gap year and I went straight into studying. However, um, I didn't, I sort of dug myself into a little bit of a hole emotionally and mentally. Um, and near the end of the first semester, I actually found myself being admitted into my first clinic. Um, at the time I was taking antidepressants and um, the psychiatrist who I was seeing wanted to change my medication. So she put me into a clinic and um, yeah, I spent my time there. And when I came out, I was still feeling 
pretty lost, pretty broken, um, not ready to go back to university. So I took the rest of that year off as a leave of absence. And um, I found a, like a photography course, which is really, really cool for me, you know, always being a creative soul. And then 2016 came and I still really wasn't ready to go back into studying, um, especially property studies. So I sort of took that as my quote unquote gap year. And um, I found an amazing uh, yoga instructors course, um, which was unbelievable. And it definitely sparked the beginning of a really um, beautiful, deep spiritual journey. And I was very lucky that the yoga studio that I um, went to, they had um, huge emphasis on yogic philosophy. So it wasn't only just about, you know, the physical yoga, um, they call it the asana, but it was a, a deeply rooted in teaching, um, you know, Eastern philosophy and yogic philosophy, which was unbelievable for me and very, very truly helpful. Um, so that was 2016 and I finished the course and uh, the near end of 2016 was um, surely approaching. And I was like, okay, well, shit, I need to <laughs> study something. So um, I thought, okay, well, definitely psychology would be a lot more congruent to who I was as a person, because also I had been in therapy most of my life. Um, as a young girl, I, I had extreme anxiety, major separation anxiety from my mom um, in particular, but also my dad. And, um, you know, I was always just a very, very shy, sensitive, anxious, very introverted kid. So I had been in therapy most of my life, hence me thinking that psychology would be great for me. And I probably didn't even need, like, need to study psychology. I could just be a psychologist. But anyway, I started, I got accepted into like a specialized bachelor of psychology program. And I started studying that in 2017. Um, however, I just fell more and more sick with anorexia to the point where I had to be um, sent to a specialized eating disorder clinic here. And if I'm honest, that was very, very traumatic for me. <laughs> I left there feeling, I suppose, even more traumatized than when I came in. Um, it just, yeah, it was very, very traumatic for me in that time. And um, I surely relapsed very, very soon after that. Um, so that was like the beginning of 2017. And then like literally if, like two months later, I, my parent, yeah, I was in a very severe, uh, malnourished state and my parents, um, organized a psychiatric assessment at um, one of our government hospitals. And so we all went there thinking that I was just going to go in for a psychiatric assessment. And then, um, they actually admitted me involuntarily then and there on the day which was also really quite traumatic. <laughs> um, it was like, I was literally taken away from my parents. Um, I had nothing on me. Um, all I knew is that now the government sort of like, I suppose that controlled me. And it was, yeah, it was very, very triggering. Um, very, very traumatic for my eating disorder in particular. Um, anyway, very, very long story short, I landed up spending um, close to seven months there in hospital, never knowing when I would come home. Um, and after seven months, uh, I was sent home because a, the hospital needed the bed. It was near the end of the year. So it was near the end of 2017. And I had also reached a, you know, quote unquote, safe, stable BMI. So they could send me home. Um, but they told my parents that she's definitely going to relapse again. And surely I did relapse. And, um, in February of the following year, so that was 2018, I found myself in my last 
hospital admission into a clinic for eat an eating disorder for anorexia. And um, yeah, I suppose I was a bit more equipped for this last admission in terms of like knowing what to expect. Um, and um, in like near the end of 2018, I reached a point in my recovery where I was able to start exercising again. And, you know, being a creative soul, um, I thought that finding an adult dance class would be something quite um, helpful for me and quite healing. Um, so very long story short, again, I, um, I a friend of mine studied musical theater and I asked him if he knew of anyone in Cape Town who could, who like does adult classes for dancing. And he gave me a number of my, what would be my director um, eventually, but I didn't know that yet. So he gave me this number and then I just contact this number. And I remember it so clearly, I was about to start a hike um, in one of the beautiful hiking trails here. And it was a Tuesday and I just sent them a message and I said, hey, I got your number from so-and-so. Do you perhaps know of any adult dance teachers in Cape Town? And he replied with a number and he goes, sure. But we're also planning on opening up a new musical theater academy next year. So he was referring to 2019. And he asked me, would you like to audition? Now, I had been out of it like physically and emotionally for quite a few years. Um, in fact, when I was really, really sick, I actually couldn't even sing. I couldn't even listen to music. It was very, it was like my red flag that something was wrong with me. And it was for quite a few years, understandably. I was almost like muted. So the fact that I found myself being like, just reply yes, Kelsey, because you've literally got nothing to lose, um, was something quite um, synchronistic and, you know, sort of came out from nowhere, especially given that I was such an anxious, shy kid before. So I found myself being like, sure, let me audition. And it was a Tuesday, as I said earlier. And then he was like, cool, give me your email address. Auditions are this weekend. So I was like, oh my goodness. Um, I had to prepare two contrasting monologues, two contrasting songs, which basically means like an upbeat um, song and then like a more slow ballady song. And then again, like a comic sort of uh, monologue versus like a more serious one. And then there would also be a dancing component um, because essentially musical theater is all about singing, acting, and dancing. So that was all incorporated in this audition. And there would also be um, an extensive interview. In Yeah. So yeah, I found myself uh, waking up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the audition was on Saturday. I woke up with this like newfound sense of purpose and excitement. And it was like for the first time in so many years, my mind was like distracted. My monkey mind was completely distracted and there was a purpose. Um, and just for that, I was so grateful just against the backdrop of the last few years of just being so, feeling so lost and just uncertain about everything. Um, so I went to the audition and I just got through it, which I was like also super freaking grateful for, because as I say, I was really not in a great space in, emotionally. And I was quite proud of myself just for getting through. And I was even more grateful that just for a few hours, my monkey mind was distracted. So. Yeah, I left the audition not really thinking much because I like around me were like extremely talented people, like girls doing the splits and boys doing the splits. And I couldn't do that and all these things. Anyway, um, to cut a long story short, um, I heard back from them and I got accepted. 
And in 2019, I was like part of their first intake and I started studying there and it was musical theater and I was singing, acting and dancing all day. It was almost like it was my playtime. And each day since starting studying there was like a day of significance in my own recovery. And yeah, fast forward to 2021, I graduate And um, although we did have to extend our graduation ceremony and showcase to this year, February 2022, just due to COVID. Um, But yeah, I I graduated with distinction and it was, I mean, I feel like, as I say, I feel like I've just come back more and more to life. Um, But what happened concurrently with all of that is in the midst of 2018, in the midst of my um, anorexia, I'd always been a huge... um, proponent and follower of um, Tim Noakes' Banting, just because I remember, I think it was even, it was even in, it was like in 2015. So it was in my first year university before my extreme anorexia happened. I, my dad, um, who is an optometrist and he sees a lot of diabetic patients, he, um, he brought me on to um, Professor Tim Noakes' Banting diet. And somehow it just always made sense to me. And I was always very well aware Um, You know, given the fact that I had struggled with um, eating disorders and bulimia and anxiety most of my life, I was very conscious of food. Um, And I suppose my sort of food journey did start um, when I was 16 with like exercising and being more conscious of like eating healthy and going gluten free and then paleo and then keto and then carnivore. Um, But anyway, going back to 2018, I really wanted to find a nutritionist or a dietitian in Cape Town who could actually understand keto and low carb because I always knew I like I'd always known about it and um I suppose when I was actively anorexic I because I feared at the time calories and I feared fat I was pretty much just eating lean like protein and like green veg um but still not feeling any of the benefits that I was hearing about you know low carb high fat um anyway so I did find a nutritionist who actually just introduced me to the con like she just said what you're just going to eat meat and at the time she said you're going to have olive oil because olive oil was very healing for the gut and a lot um, more gentle she said uh, as a fat source on the gut especially given my dire state because this was literally right after I got uh, I finished at my last clinic admission so I was still very very underweight Um, anyway, somehow when she spoke those words of carnivore and telling me that all I'm going to eat is meat and fat, something lit up in my brain. And it was almost like, well, of course, like that makes sense. It was almost like my body just knew that meat and fat would be like the answer. And I mean, in hindsight, looking back at as a kid, like I literally always only craved meat and fat as a kid. Like I would go to everyone else's plates and I would grab the chicken bones and the chicken skin that everyone would like leave on the side. And I craved like the, the, the stew and like the gravy and the fat. So to me, it was almost like a light bulb just lit up. And I, that was a, that was literally a few months before I even heard about um, the new musical, like reaching out to um, my then director, my now director. Um, and yeah, that was a huge turning point in my in my recovery. However, like in the beginning, my parents were super reluctant because they they were like, "Well, this is just another eating disorder," um, you know, going zero carb. And they didn't also 
fully understand it. But anyway, I just continued to love my life with like having like about six to eight tablespoons of olive oil and having all those fatty meats. Like I was just, I was thriving and my hair was like also looking so good and my skin was looking so good. Um, so that helped me, you know, a lot being fueled in the beginning of my tertiary education with like musical theater. Um, and then unfortunately, um, in my first year, I, so in 2015, I was diagnosed with, I'm rambling a lot now, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it, Scott. You're good. Keep going. Um, (laughs) So in 2015, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and the treatment I was put on was just T4 only, which is the, you know, the conventional way of treating hypothyroidism. I never really experienced any relief from that. Um, and my dose just kept increasing and increasing. Um, but anyway, so I would obviously go for, you know, three month or six month checkups. And, um, I hadn't seen my endocrinologist at the time for about six months, um, since the beginning of 2019. Anyway, I hadn't seen her for a while. And then when I did see her, Last, I was not on carnival yet, but then when I saw her again in 2019, I had been quite a few months on the carnival diet and I was so excited and I was feeling so good. And I tell her like, you know, how I'm eating and stuff. And she just looks at me and she goes, oh, well, we give olive oil to the children in the children's hospital, um, in children's hospital to fatten them up. And that was like, the worst thing that you could have told me. (laughs) And it triggered me so much. And it triggered like, obviously my eating disorder to be told that like what I'm eating is just going to fatten me up. And anyway, that's what happened. And, um, I did sort of, uh, partially relapse, not to, not to like the severe state that I was, but what happened is that I became so fearful of calories and, um, fat, especially that I, turned away from red meat. I turned away from all the added fats that were clearly helping me heal. Um, and I just pretty much lived off of lean chicken and canned tuna, but because I was so ravenous from all the lean protein, I would like find myself at the end of my meals, just like drenching them in olive oil. But anyway, I, that was, that lasted for, uh, quite a long time until actually lockdown. Lockdown was the biggest blessing in disguise for me because um, my ex and I had broken up just before lockdown, which was obviously not fun. A breakup is never easy. But um, anyway, it was all a blessing in disguise because I was left to deal with myself and I was left, um, you know, everything was pressed, was put on pause. And um, and because I was in such an, like, again, because I had like, pretty much like emotionally relapsed as well because I wasn't getting any of the nutrients from the the fats and the red meat and all the essential amino acids. So mentally I, and also I wasn't eating a lot of fat. So mentally my brain was just like deprived. Anyway, I found the podcast app on my phone and um, I thought this is now the time for me to educate myself about keto and carnivore. And I started... (laughs) finding all of these podcasts, including yours, um, in the low carb space. And, you know, in the beginning of my carnival journey, I really hadn't educated myself at all. I was just told that I'm not going to gain weight from eating fat and protein. So I can just eat as much as I want. And like, I, that was my, you know, ticket of like going 
carnivore in the beginning. I really just didn't know much of an edge. Like I had no knowledge of what was actually, you know, the therapeutic intervention of going zero carb and going carnivore anyway. So, and then until after the endocrinologist made that comment, then my whole world like fell apart until I started listening to these podcasts. And I, it was, I think one of the hallmark podcasts was you with Amber O'Hearn and it just like blew my mind. And then another hallmark one was listening to Chris Palmer with Dr. Paul Stelladino. And it was from there where I was like able to see that like my brain was like inflamed all these years. And I was able to understand that, you know, going carnivore is like the best thing for me to help heal my brain. And um, yeah, once I started educating myself, (laughs) I couldn't stop. And um, I just gained so much knowledge and it just fueled the impetus for me to actually do this properly because also I was I was a member of all the carnival groups and stuff and especially the women's groups and I I was seeing all these people experiencing such amazing benefits and such healing and I mean I had been to every specialist doctor there was under the sun um growing up and I don't even want to know how much money I've cost <laughs> but um I just never ever found any sort of like answer any healing I was always just feeling so, so, so lost. Um, so, you know, listening to podcasts and listening to people's stories, especially on your podcasts, I, I was like, okay, well, when am I going to experience this healing benefit? And I learned, okay, well, I'm not going to experience the healing benefits by just eating lean chicken and not red meat and not, you know, the essential, getting all the essential amino acids and all the essential fatty acids. And in the middle of lockdown, I, I, built myself up with all the knowledge I needed to do this properly and never look back. And that's a very, very long winded intro, but yeah, that's, that's me in a very long, but also broad nutshell. A lot of people ask me about how to make liver more tasteful and how to cook it or incorporate other organ meats on carnivore. Optimal Carnivore can help you do just that with their grass-fed organ complex. It was created by carnivores for carnivores. They start by sourcing 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, gently freeze-drying the organs and encapsulating them into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. Just six of these capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw organ meat. I personally take these every single day, as does my wife. Even though we both eat liver and other organ meats, our ancestors would have eaten the whole animal. And this unique blend has nine different organs, including beef liver, brain, thymus, kidney, spleen, et cetera. And I think it's great to get a daily dose of these organs when you can. So it covers all your bases, whether you're at home or traveling. What's also cool is they plant a tree for every product sold, which helps the environment. So visit www.optimalcarnwar.com slash carnivorecast and use the code carnwar 10 to receive 10% off your purchase. Thanks and back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for sharing, Kelsey. That's super interesting. And um, I can't imagine all the things you went through, um, but really interesting to hear how you eventually found your way um, back to carnivore. And can you talk a little bit about um, mental health and anorexia and how how that's evolved for you and how um, carnivore and keto have, have affected that for you? Sure, sure. So um, eating disorders are are very difficult. A lot of people describe them in in the same light as like an addiction. Um, However, unfortunately, you can't just 
as like you can you can throw away the alcohol, you can throw away the cigarettes, but you can't necessarily throw away your body. So my as a kid, I mean, I'd always glorified being thin, um, which I was just the perfect breeding ground for something like anorexia to develop. Um, but uh, I suppose in in my in my case, um, the reason why carnivore helped so much is because essentially, if you look at any mental disorder, it's there's neuroinflammation in the body, and uh, we all know the neurological um, benefits of going low carb. But I think the switch from low carb, like keto, to carnivore for me is that like me personally, I am an abstainer. I'm not a moderator. Um, I can't moderate a bag of cookies. I'll just eat the whole thing. <laughs> so it's easier. It was almost like more liberating for me because on the banting, like you have a green, orange, and a red list. So they're like keto food, keto friendly foods, and then like foods that you modify and then foods that you should avoid completely, which is totally understandable. Now for a moderator, that's pretty chilled to like, it's pretty cool to have a whole list of foods that you can eat. But for me, it was like quite overwhelming. Um, I found having such a long list of meats, fats, and vegetables, particularly the vegetables, I always found myself um, loving just protein and fat, but feeling very confused about, and also quite overwhelmed of choosing, okay, which vegetable, which, which vegetables am I going to have? So narrowing it down to just meat and fat was really, really liberating for me. And I think the fact that I had always just loved those type of foods was even more synchronistic and amazing. Um, so I think I've, yeah. Yeah. I don't even have any other yeah, and, specific and how, questions. And, and how about the, um, the effects on mental health as well outside of the eating disorder? Yes. So um, much, much clear, like much more clarity, stable moods, completely stable moods. It was literally, I don't know how else to describe it, but like when I started to eat the fat and the protein, it was like a switch lit up in my brain. And I was just like, Zen. I know like a lot of people speak about the, the keto Zen and like the keto clarity. Um, I felt so much more calm, so much more stable. And in fact, I was excited to eat food. It was like, it was just, I was wanting to eat food again. And often like educating myself, I was like, oh my God, I want to feed myself because also what I found with listening to podcasts, and this is where I feel like every single child in school should learn physiology and learn how the body works and learn how the brain works. Because once I started educating my bot, like myself about how the brain works, I was able to be like, okay, I applied the biohacking sort of mindset to, okay, how am I going to hack this problem in my body? And then you know, the word healthy was always a very, very triggering word for me, especially when I was really, really sick with anorexia, because all healthy meant in my anorexic mind at the time was, um, they just want to fatten me up. Um, but that's like, it's almost like I sort of hacked my, <laughs> my whole environment because by listening to all these doctors and all these, um, carnivore specialists and stories, I was almost like, cause obviously doctors in dialogue, this is why I love podcasts because you get to like hear how people think, but like doctors are, you know, they want to help people get better. So it was almost like I tricked my monkey mind into like listening to this, these doctors speak. And it almost reached a point where like my whole internal narrative changed. And it was like now from health went away from being a triggering word to being like healthy is cool. Being healthy is super cool. And I want that. Um, so, yeah, I think that was that was a huge turning point in my in my recovery for sure. 
um, educating myself and then also feeding myself the right foods. And it was almost like every, everything that I was learning was literally happening inside of my body. So uh, I, yeah, the mental clarity, the stable moods, the much calmer, it's just a much calmer state of being because my brain was less inflamed. Yeah. And then from yeah. that, it obviously my hardware, which is like my physiology obviously was healing. And therefore my software was able, I was able to then work on my software, which is obviously my psyche. So everything that I had been learning about and speaking about in all my therapy sessions and going to these specialists, I could actually start to apply. Even with yoga, everything that I'd learned about mindfulness and meditation, because I healed my hardware and my body and my mind, I was able to now apply those principles to to like go internally and heal. Because as much as you need to exercise, you also need to inner size. Yeah, I like that hardware software analogy. That makes a lot of sense. Um, the way you, the way you frame it. Um, and Kelsey, uh, one thing we were chatting about, um, over messages was trends in the diet space that have been popping up and influencers. Can you talk a bit about that and, um, elaborate? Sure. So I have obviously been in this, like watching and following religiously, um, uh, all the information in the carnival space. And I've, um, seen a lot of like trends pop up, like, you know, adding fruit and honey and then protein sparing, modified fasting, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, in the beginning when I was, you know, partially uneducated with carnivore and stuff and still very easily influenced, um, I was, uh, yeah, super influenced by everything that was going on. And if I was following this person and she was, or he was speaking about this approach, then I had to do that, even though maybe not necessarily, it wasn't in my right context. So, I'd love to just, you know, shed light on the importance of bio-individuality because I find, you know, I'm in a lot of women groups and I've got a lot of um, online women friends who are also keto, um, mainly carnivore though. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, us, especially the type A's, I speak to all type A's out there. (laughs) We do struggle, um, you know, with comparing ourselves and thinking that, okay, well, she looks like this and she does this, therefore I have to follow that. Um, essentially being so disconnected to you and your context that you just will blindly do what anyone else is doing because that's what influencers do. They influence you. Um, so something I've witnessed and I'm quite vocal about because it's a, a deep lesson that I had to learn because, um, you know, being a very insecure person um, previously, I was so easily influenced by anything and anyone, what anyone else would say, um, or think about me. I was like so hyper-focused on that. And I didn't really ever know myself slash I did know myself, but didn't really have the confidence to like acknowledge and accept that and honor it, like honor my innate wisdom that we're all born with. We all have our own bio-individual innate wisdom. And I feel that it just gets lost. We, we lose connection to our inner selves. And I feel like, um, it, people need to be reminded to reconnect to who they are and, um, you know, understanding your context. So for example, let, like, let's say I'm listening and this did happen. I was listening to a podcast and it was a doctor being interviewed. He was a gynecologist and he was a specialist in infertility and particularly his clientele was mainly women with PCOS. So here I am recovering from anorexia, listening to this and being very persuaded by what this doctor was saying, because he was speaking about PCOS. Um, but not only that, he was also um, speaking about how if you have PCOS, you should do OMAD 
and you should do HIIT training and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, at the time I was very sensitive and very influenced. However, in hindsight, I'm like, why? I should, that's not my context. I don't have PCOS. I'm, I shouldn't be doing this HIIT training. I shouldn't necessarily be doing OMAD. Um, that was just an example I wanted to use, like to be able to be confident enough to be like, because I, from after listening to that, to that podcast, I could have so easily just gone and done exactly what he said, just because he was speaking about, let's say, I don't know, losing weight or whatever. Um, my eating disorder could have taken that and just done everything, you know, what, that he was speaking about, just completely ignoring the fact that, no, I'm actually recovering from anorexia and I should not be doing those things. Also, I don't have PCOS. Another example is, let's say, um, someone who has got insulin resistance and uh, unresolved, you know, uncontrolled um, diabetes. And now they're listening that to someone who's speaking about adding in fruit and honey. That's not necessarily the greatest idea for them in their context. So I, I feel like just to remind people that bioindividuality is <laughs> profound and important. And if you don't listen to your body and you don't necessarily have the confidence to um, honor your context and your situation, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just feel deeply that people are being way too influenced <laughs> too quickly without necessarily honoring their situation and their context. Yeah, I see it all the time. I think people are very attracted to trends and new diets, but also just very persuaded. I mean, naturally, we as humans are are fixated on stories and compelled by stories. Yes. And when they hear a story of someone having success with a particular method or a particular diet, um, they gravitate towards that and jump on it mm -hmm. and and think it may work for them. But having that context and that self-awareness you spoke about is super important. Um, yeah. And another thing, um, can you talk about, um, especially another thing that social media can affect is um, people wanting to be too thin or underweight um, and some of the detrimental impacts that has or had on you? Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, in this space, um, a lot of what is spoken about is applying to the majority of people who, you know, are overweight and who are needing to lose weight and et cetera, et cetera. And they're not necessarily speaking about, you know, that's something I did have a bit of, um, I like, it's almost like I really wanted more people to speak about anorexia, for example, or any like, yeah, being underweight, just because, you know, in a world where weight loss is always just a thing, it's like, no one really speaks about okay the other the other side of the of the scale to say so here I am going to speak about that um, so I I know weight loss is desired it's a desired mental state to be in for majority of people in this Western world um, but I just want to speak to the women out there who are maybe like as I did glorifying weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, thinking that if I'm just going to be thinner, I'm going to be happier. Um, yeah. When you are severely underweight, there are physiological side effects. Um, I mean, we all know the side effects of being overweight and obese, but equally, if you're underweight, you also have significant side effects that can really hurt your health. Um, and, you know, they range from hair loss, infertility, 
low bone mineral density, um, insomnia, anxiety, depression, OCD, stress, extreme hunger, no energy, whacked out thyroid, whacked out hormones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I'm definitely in a much greater, I'm almost, I would say pretty much weight restored. Um, I think I'd still have some, (laughs) some like room to go. Um, but I'm still dealing with, and I feel like for the rest of my life, I'm going to deal with some, you know, of these consequences. And it's almost like if I, if I could go back in time and speak to myself of what I know now, so then um, I would, I would forewarn anyone going down that road of wanting to be, you know, extremely thin, too thin for your body, because, you know, and I think the biggest thing for me was just extreme. I had long, thick, curly like gorgeous hair and I lost like all of it pretty much. And um, that's something that's taken, I don't think I'll ever have as long hair again. And, uh, you know, for anyone, I think your hair is, is quite a, quite a vulnerable thing. Um, That's just an example. I also have a whacked out thyroid. I also have under average bone mineral density that hopefully the more I'm and the longer I am carnivore, it's going to improve. Um, you know, insomnia I've had and an OCD and like I've gone through it all. And all I want to say is that again, being healthy is cool. <laughs> when you have when you're too underweight and you're too malnourished, it it causes your body's not happy and it's it's harmful to your body. And your body is your only home. Like you're literally your only person that you have and are able to walk in into this world. And you know, if you are struggling and you are going down that road or you're stuck, like please, I just want to say don't hesitate to reach out. Um, because you know, when you get there, you have two options. You're either gonna be extremely miserable or you're gonna die. Um, and in fact, anorexia has the highest mortality rate, or you are gonna, your brain and your body are gonna eventually just it's not going to be sustainable and you're going to you're going to have to change so you literally going down that road I often just it was just a a pattern inside the anorexic mind of like just putting myself in between a rock and a hard place like all the time and I just want to like speak out and forewarn that yes if you you know being at a healthy weight losing weight is good for someone in the context that they do that they do need to lose weight but you know if you are in a healthy weight like going past that is not cool. It's not cool. It's dangerous. It's harmful. And I'm still, I mean, throughout my musical theater, we did like a lot of dancing, like on average, like seven to nine hours a day of dancing. And I was injured most of the time. In fact, I went for a run in first year and I just, and I fractured my pelvis just by going for a run because my bone mineral density was so low. So it's not cool not to be healthy for your body is what I just want to speak about because I I feel, yeah, I just want to forewarn people. And if you are struggling again, just please, please reach out. Yeah. I think that's great. And it's nice of you to offer that be helpful to people because I think it it is amazing how many people are, have complete body dysmorphia. Um, Mm. And I've been there certainly not to the extent that it's really damaging to my health, but um, I've seen people with it. It's really sad. And to that point, can you talk about like people coming to this diet being very ambitious um, and that leading to becoming obsessed, fixated, type A when thinking about taking on carnivore and and kind of the mindset there? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Uh, I even think I once messaged you in like a state because I, I don't even know what it was. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's it's very easy to get stuck in the echo chamber. It's very easy for your world to become so fixated and so small and obsessed about like everything that you're putting into your body and into your mouth. And I've been there. I've been there. And it's 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 quite a stressful spa- um, space to be. And uh, all I can say is the importance of having your self-awareness. So knowing and being aware of what is happening, but also the importance of knowing who you are and what else makes up who you are. So, you know, for me, I'm grateful that, like, ask yourself these questions, like, what do I enjoy doing? What are my hobbies? What is my favorite color? Do I like to sing? What music, what's, who's my favorite band? You know, having these other things outside of just food and body is so important. And I think a lot of people, um, I don't know, maybe they don't have the time. Maybe they just haven't even had a moment to sit with themselves and ask themselves these questions. What do I like? And if you're struggling, I always, I always say, um, go back to when you were a kid, what used to make you happy, what used to make you smile, what used to make you laugh and go and do those things. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I was seeking for an adult dance class, um, in 2018. Cause I was like, I knew as a kid that that made me happy. Um, So I think to be able to fully holistically look at yourself as an individual, and we all speak about the biopsychosocial model, and we look at all the different pillars of health, and, you know, there are more pillars of health to just food and body. And yes, those are obviously important, but who are you outside of that, I think is super important. And I think we can really learn a lot from young kids because I feel like kids are the most authentic beings like they know what they want they know when they're hungry they know what they want to eat they know when they're tired and they know what they like doing they know how they like to play I think play is also a very significant profound like therapeutic intervention for adults especially because we are essentially just bigger older kids (laughs) yeah that's what I want to say on that one yeah I um I love that kind of diversifying your identity idea Um, I think it's so true of so many things Um, like people become too attached to their identity being a job or looking a certain way or having a certain diet. Um, It can cause a lot of problems when those things are taken away or when those things change, Mm -hmm. they feel lost, they feel depressed, they feel um, demotivated. And so trying to think about yourself as Everything you do, whether you're a daughter or a a father or an uncle to someone or a best friend or a dog parent, like think about the multiple hats you wear and try to see Mm -hmm. value in yourself as multiple things. Um, That's something that I've had to deal with as well, um, which I think is really important. Um, Kelsey, this has been great. Are there other topics or things you wanted to chat about with regards to carnivore or what you see in the community or how you hope to help others? Sure. So, I mean, one of the biggest impetuses for me to, um, do, um, Tim Noakes' nutrition networks advisor training is to be able to be qualified to help people. Um, as you can tell, I'm very passionately outspoken about eating disorders and mental health and wellness and we all have a hardware and a software to look after. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I'm just, if you ever got, if anyone is struggling, like never hesitate to reach out um, in that regard. And I just, I'm so grateful for this community because, 
you know, alongside trying to figure out my life on the outside, this has been a huge, um, I've also had to focus on, you know, on my food and, and things to be able to, you know, apply the biohacking mindset to just optimize my life fully. And I just have so much gratitude for the community. Um, because it's obviously, it's very, very important, especially when you are, you know, wanting to make change to your life and wanting to get healthy. I think carnivore is probably something I will speak about until I'm doing the face because it's just been so healing um, for me. I'm literally a different person and it's trickled down to like close friends and my whole family are pretty much like meat-based now. They're not fully, fully carnivore, but heavily meat-based and they are thriving. Uh, so yeah. That's awesome. That's great that you've been that influence for them and able to help them with that. Yeah. Um, great. Well, Kelsey, where can people find you? I'll of course have links to everything in the show notes, but really appreciate you coming on. It's been a fantastic conversation. Sure. Anytime. Um, so my Instagram is Kelsey Buchholter, all one word, lowercase. Um, I do have a few music videos on YouTube and that's under Kelsey original, all one word. And that's all in capitals, um, but I'll send you the links. And then um, I have recorded two podcasts with my other carnival South African friend who is now living in Amsterdam, Josh Snyman. I think he's actually interviewed you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know so, he was in yeah. South Africa. Interesting. Well, he, he was born here. Yes. But okay. now he's in Amsterdam. Yes. Got it. Got um, <laughs> so yeah, those two episodes are on YouTube on his channel. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Thanks so much for the time, Kelsey. I'll have links to that in the show notes and hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, Scott. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered? Or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CarnivoreCast or go to CarnivoreCast.com. You can also email me at info at CarnivoreCast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.